welcome to Bayer Cropcast with your technical field representatives from right around Australia. In this Cropcast, we'll give you a quick wrap-up of the season at hand and things to look out for, including events coming up around you and everything related to agronomy and growing healthy crops. We are passionate about the future of agriculture and crop protection, and we look forward to having you join us on Bayer Cropcast. Welcome to Bayer Cropcast. This is episode 19. My name's Craig White, I'm market development agronomist with Bayer Crop Science in Australia, and well known to Cropcast is Matt Willis. How are you today, Matt? Good, thanks, Whitey. Good to be here. I haven't been in the Cropcast chair for a few months now, so it's, it's good to be back. <laughs> we certainly weren't uh, keeping you out, Matt, but you know, because the Cropcast is right around Australia, and yeah, for those of those listening with a keen ear, you might hear uh, the odd magpie. Uh, what is that word? Warbling, is it, in yeah, the background? Warbling, warbling in yeah, the background. Yeah. and uh, might whatnot. be a butcher bird too. Could be a butcher bird. Yeah. Uh, we're recording this in a park together. Yeah. So Matt and I have been, yeah, over east uh, doing a technical review during February. We've also had the GRDC research updates, uh, a lot of interesting topics there and a lot of opportunities to catch up and see where people are working. But on this Cropcast, we want to talk about the season ahead, some of the learnings from 2022 and a bit later on I'm going to include a little interview uh, walk and talk that Tim Murphy our counterpart in South Australia and I did uh, walking through some true flex canola over in the mid north high rainfall zone so we'll get into that mm. but Matt first um, we want to talk a little bit about uh, Matino Complete obviously we've talked about it a lot yes but uh, 2022 big year for it yep year of launch so first year of commercial use in well, last year in 2022 after many many years of development and trialling and, and testing for everything you can imagine with a product. I think I first came across it back in about 2017, the first cast cow, yep. I was on it, and there were plenty of people within Bayer who had been seeing it for years prior to that too, so a tremendous amount of work going into releasing it. So it was very good to see it in the hands of growers and uh, seeing how it's performing and uh, even learning even more. So just to recap, it's for uh, the broadleaf and grass weed control in wheat and barley and both the incorporated by sowing or pre-emergence as we know it and early post-emergence use so either of those two patterns uh, both of them are now registered and an exciting one being for use in barley so in areas where they grow mostly barley canola rotation a bit of pasture uh, for example then bringing the Matino Complete which has those three complementary active ingredients in there uh, into the program is probably makes really good sense and we focused our program last year on understanding where it, to get the best out of it in barley crops Matt. Mm, yeah f- first big point with the early post-emergent application in barley is there are a few slight changes compared to what used to in wheat firstly being that there is a, a maximum use rate of 750 mils per hectare that's the, the there's no rate range from 750 to a litre like there is in wheat. It's just capped at that 750 mils per hectare, um, and also the minimum growth stage for application of the barley is uh, three true leaves as opposed to one true leaf with the wheat. Yeah, and I think the important point is that if your barley is growing well, so well growing, healthy barley that's not stressed from root impacts so that could be from you know pre-emergence herbicides that are that are slowing the crop emergence up could be from a seed treatment to mm. shorten the coleoptile and what have you it could be a very wet start as well Matt mm, um, where that can be yeah. so water logging we certainly see in that case so it's all pathogens the so rhizoctonia nematodes exactly some of it can be offset by a good seed treatment like evagal energy but uh, yeah certainly want to be mindful of yeah, your root health of your barley crop in that paddock 
that's it. So barley growing well, healthy, you need to control these grass and broadleaf weeds, then Mateno Complete certainly might be an option there. And I think the label is very clear on what um, you need to do to get the most out of it mm. and avoid any pitfalls or problems, or at least understand what to expect uh, in your situation. And that's what we've been doing, updating advisor groups uh, early this year, Matt, already. Mm. And a few more to go, obviously, um, is highlighting those key points, but it doesn't replace reading the label, which is very clear on those conditions that are required. Yep, yep. And uh, with the autumn autumn coming, there's a lot of uh, grower updates, uh, certainly in the west, and they're probably starting to get going in the east as well. Uh, traditionally, we used to have these grower presentations where you go to a, your local uh, agency branch and uh, present the growers prior to seeding. It, it used to be in, uh, in April, it'd be, but now with the seeding mm. starting earlier and earlier with every year, um, most of them are well and truly within the month of March. So we're very, very busy over the next few weeks getting out and about and talking to growers, which is certainly an element of my role I very much enjoy. Yeah, very good. So no, plenty on, that's for sure. Uh, Matt, what else you got on um, Matino Complete? Anything else to add for final comments? There's, we've done a lot on previous crop casts, and as we get into the season a bit more, we might re- come back to it. But yeah, anything else final on that one? Well, we did some further trial work last year, just looking at compatibilities with different products, improving mm. broadleaf weed spectrum with addition of things like your MCPA LVE and your Bromoxnol, the byproduct Bactrol being one of them. Um, mm. SU, so metsulfuron or um, trisulfuron with it. Um, obviously, with all of these things, they can they improve the uh, the weed spectrum, particularly broadleaf weeds with the Matino Complete. So, if you need any more information on such compatibilities, uh, speak to your local Bayer representative or your friendly neighbourhood agronomist, who is hopefully well and abreast of all the information. Yep, that's a good piece of advice there, and lots of resources at crop.bayer.com.au. And if you go there and look for Matino Complete, you will find plenty of resources, including a topic I wanted to quickly touch on now about mixing order and paying attention to that. Obviously, with the knockdown brews coming in, so Roundup Ultramax, for example, Matt, um, you know, compatibilities with Matino Complete, uh, other things you might be putting in there, an insecticide, you know, there's a whole range of things. And then also with Sakura, we have uh, two formulations of it. We have the granular, which is well known. Uh, and we also have Sakura Flow, which is the uh, liquid or flowable version of it. And people need to really pay attention um, to where that goes. They are different. Yes, the brand name Sakura, but they don't go into the mixing order in the same place. So get one of those mixing order charts um, off of the website, crop.bayer.com.au. It's up in the tools section right at the top. Really easy to find and uh, go with it and make sure you do it. And also just make sure before adding each sequential product when you're doing a tank mix that makes sure the one just prior has actually dispersed properly throughout the tank. Anything to add on mixing order generally, Matt? No, it's one thing you want to get right because uh, with the size of boom sprays these days, it can be an, a, an expensive error if something goes wrong. So That's right. <laughs> certainly uh, be very much, particularly first few loads of the season as you, you're getting your head back in the game. Um, very very useful to have a tank mixing sticker on the side of your, your boom spray or to print out something off the, the internet as Whitey was mentioning before. That's right and one I think often is certainly if you're conditioning your water um, there are some products that are both water conditioners or considered as adjuvants as well just pay attention to where you want that in the mixing order uh, as well and just make sure your water quality is as best that you can do um, of course if you need advice about that there is plenty around to help out. Um, Mixing orders, so plenty of info there. Now, next topic. 
Um, probably one thing I'm going to touch on is a new product, a new herbicide that Bayer is releasing uh, at some point in the next few months, probably the end of this year or beginning of next year, um, called Allion, which will be a new uh, herbicide uh, registered in, in tree crops and along fence lines as well. Um, yeah, there's certainly a lot of excitement in the industry. We were showing it off to a few, um, few agronomists and consultancy groups last year and we'll be most certainly uh, showing it off to, to growers as well this year, 2023. But it's, it's certainly an exciting product. It's a, it's a Group O or Group 29. So it's a, a mode of action which hasn't been really used too much, in, in particularly in Broadacre, mm -hmm. in the past. So it's going to be very exciting to be able to use something different along fence lines in the broadacre scenario and, and in, under your trees and uh, vineyards in the horticultural space. Um, the big topic, you know, we've, we've spoken to a few people, as Whitey mentioned, say the um, GRDC cropped updates just recently, with glyphosate resistance becoming a very, very big issue. And coming off fence lines seems to be one of the most likely uh, scenarios leading to it. Um, uh, I think the traditional uh, fire break brew, uh, fence line brew that's been used over the year is just a, a, a lowish rate of, of glyphosate plus whatever's left in the, the spray shed uh, and then spraying it out there enough and uh, it's, it's no real surprise that it's probably the, the ground zero for glyphosate resistance in the broadacre space so being able to use a completely different mode of action to what's been used in the crop uh, alongside a knockdown product such as glyphosate or, or paraquat or glyphosate it's going to be very important um, going forward to manage uh, glyphosate resistance. So we're very, very excited about this product. It's got a very long residual period. Um, so, yeah, look, look, look out there and see if there are any demonstrations or trials containing Allion uh, this year because we'll certainly have it available for people to see. Yeah, that's right. And as Matt mentioned, it's coming, so not currently registered, but we have submitted for registration of Allion in those use patterns that Matt mentioned. And yeah, from what I've seen so far, it looks fantastic against those fence lines. As you said, being refugia or harbouring those, um, those resistant weeds in a lot of cases, and I know certainly in the southern part of Western Australia, where I operate mostly, um, that is a real concern where it's moving into the... Um, you know, year by year it creeps into the fields mm. um, more widely so having a group 29 or group O different um, in a, alongside the mixture with with a knockdown herbicide um, going to be really really important going forward so Allion A-L-I-O-N look, looks uh, really good Matt. Wonderful indeed. Should be plenty of sites close to the listeners um, around there. So let's move off the fence line into the paddock again properly, Matt. Uh, obviously putting seeds, so tr seed treatments, smuts and bunts, mm -hmm. root diseases. We have Evergoal Energy, which we launched a number of years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, there has been a bit of work going on with the formulation in recent years. So some containers this year may come out with a improved, or I think it says improved formulation mm -hmm. on there, uh, which is really good. But just Evergoal Energy, yeah, um, just a little bit on the rates and what you would use it for. Yes, so uh, Evigal Energy, a co-formulation of penflufen, prothioconazole and metalaxyl. Um, used uh, yeah, a rate range, depending on what you're after, between 65 up to 130 and then once again all the way up to 260 mils per 100 kilos of seed. Um, yeah, we, we, as we've shown, we've done a lot of trial work over the years with Evigal Energy and it's, it's certainly one of the best performers out there for suppression of rhizoctonia and mm. crown rot and they're very, very strong, probably one of the best for controlling um, smut diseases in yep. wheat and barley. Well, Obviously loose, loose smut in, in barley has been a big issue for a while and I've seen a fair bit of flag smut around there in wheat recently as well. 
Um, so certainly a, a very, very high quality product and uh, it's always good to have the experts within the Bayer um, seed growth team uh, improving the formulation to improve grower exp- and uh, applicator experience uh, going forward. Yeah, really good one there. As you say, again, information at the crop.bayer.com.au website. I think what's really nice about it is it, uh, the flexibility to use it either some on seed mm. and or, and or in furrow. Mm, so yes. where yes. the system might suit more in furrow, uh, you've got that ability there. Or, um, you know, putting a base rate on potentially and then dialing it up in fields or paddocks that mm. actually need that um, extra root, root, root protection. Mm which uh, is good. So look out for Evergold Energy um, near you. That's a, another really good one. And then I suppose as the crop comes up, gets out of the ground, we get those pesty, obviously you've put your pre-emergence or early post-emergence like Matino Complete or Sakura mm. or whatever it might be. We've, we'll leave those there for a moment. But of course, things like Velocity and Precept yes. are really, 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 really important and getting in nice and early to the crop stage, bringing that HPPD chemistry with a safener uh, into the cereal crops is something that we've um, been, you know, had available for a long time, Matt. Mm, mm. Uh, and we're actually developing a new one as well called Infinity Ultra, yep. um, which will have some other attributes from that HPPD, but teamed up with Diflufenican mm. and can be tank mixed uh, with a range of things to really bring about some strong broadleaf yeah. weed control. That one's not currently registered, and again, an application for registration has been made for Infinity Ultra mm. and looking towards that one, showing it off this year again, uh, looking towards 2024 for that one. Yes, it's, 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 it's quite an exciting co-formulation, parasulfatol, along yep. with the uh, Mepinper uh, crop safener is a key aspect of our herbicide, uh, broadacre herbicide range. Uh, so as Whitey mentioned, you've got Precept, which combines that with MCPA LVE, Velocity, which combines, combines it with Bromoxynol, uh, and then now we've got uh, Infinity Ultra, uh, which is paired with uh, Diflufenican. So giving you uh, quite a lot of options, depending on which weed species you're targeting. Um, Infinity Ultra will also be registered in oats, um, and uh, we'll also have a fallow registration. So mm. for those that, particularly those that don't use many HPPDs, it would be quite an option for them to in their fallow to, to use Infinity Ultra alongside a product like glyphosate for control of things like sow thistle and bladycapnia. Um, yeah, it should be quite a useful tool. So yeah, we should once again be seeing plenty more of Infinity Ultra in trial work this year, both small plot work and large area trials as well. Yeah, been really interesting to see it actually uh, bring those that combination of those two active ingredients together. Uh, and in the southern environment, just that length of residual that it's providing actually on some of the um, and some of the you know, weeds uh, that you get, like water weeds and things, mm. some of those unusual ones. Um, so yeah, it'll be quite an interesting space to keep an eye out for. And uh, that one coming uh, next season for the broadacre uh, crops, um, within the crops. And yeah, as I said, we have submitted, a, um, submitted for registration of, of that one. So keep an eye out for Infinity Ultra down the track, but don't forget about Velocity. Very powerful, very strong. Mm. Um, real proven performer over a long, lot of years with that crop safener, especially in there, Matt. You know, I think crop safeners is one of those interesting things. They're called crop safeners for a reason. That when the tough gets going, sometimes mm. the conditions they really do help the crop recover mm. uh, from stresses um, that are there. So that's why they are included. And then, of course, Precept's been a really strong one, a really important, I think, in my area, mm. uh, in the oat crops um, and for a range of other weeds, mm. the Velocity 
doesn't necessarily do quite as well. But yeah, very robust those two, and Infinity Ultra coming into that camp as well, which will just give more flexibility, more options. Mm, yeah, and I think the ratios between the actives in the in the drum is, is quite important. There's a lot of development goes in to get the, the right. ideal ratio. Um, Velocity uh, with that pairing of, of bromoxanol and parasulfatol. If you got if that ratio goes out a little bit, so say you put more bromoxanol in there relative mm. to parasulfatol, then you lose a, a lot of impact of what that HPPD is doing, and, and you get that more high, quicker burn down of the bromoxanol, which might not necessarily be what you want. So yeah, a lot of work goes into determining these these co-formulation ratios. We, we certainly don't go out there with a dartboard and just randomly pick numbers. <laughs> a lot of work goes into yeah. getting the, the, the perfect pairing of the amount of each of those active ingredients in that co-formulation. Yeah, and I think made from the ground up as well. Certainly uh, through talking with, with our global um, global expertise, they certainly say, you know, putting two things together can be quite a challenge, but when you get three in some cases, um, I'm talking about Matino Complete specifically here, but it's really important um, that they are built, built together. You can add things on mm. and tank mix. We know that for a long time, but sometimes the optimised... Uh, products that have been built from the ground up really do really really do perform really well um, just want to switch slightly to canola and I'm going to just flick across to South Australia before I come back to uh, you Matt and just round out with a um, couple of other little topics but Tim Murphy uh, market development agronomist in South Australia and myself we walked through one of his Trueflex or uh, canola sites up at Tarlee actually in the high rainfall zone uh, South Australia up in the mid-north and yeah really picturesque little site and uh, we'll just have a listen to uh, Tim and myself walking through that trial and what that actually meant for South Australian growers when they were given that opportunity to grow uh, the Roundup Ready and Trueflex type crops um, in South Australia. Doing this from actually out in the field I'm over in South Australia my name's Craig White and I'm here with Tim Murphy the market development agronomist for South Australia. How are you Tim? Not bad there Whitey yourself? Uh... Yeah, been really good. It's been great to spend a, a week with you, Tim. We've been at the Australasian Weeds Conference in Adelaide earlier in the week and a lot of uh, weed topics ranging from agricultural weeds right through to the environmental and even management of weeds after fires and things like that, which has been a very interesting week. But we're out at Giles Corner, just north of Tarlee now, um, back in the area that I sort of grew up in, or not right here, but not far away, so it's quite nice to be out here with you, Tim. And today, having a look at this beautiful canola paddock um, off into the rolling hills here in this high rainfall zone at the uh, Giles Corner trial site. Just tell us a little bit about the trial site and your involvement here. Yeah, Whitey, this uh, trial site is looking at some, you know, just taking that next step on some work we did last year and uh, just proving year after year um, consistency and results. So the trial is a very simple one. We've just gone in with a, a TrueFlex variety this year over everything. We've used one standard variety and we're just looking at what are different or common grower practices or spray programs that could be used um, under a TrueFlex system and just trying to pick them apart to see what, um, what sort of results we may or may not get. Yeah, really good to see and I think as you've walked people through this they've been able to get a, a first-hand account uh, through the plots of what's going on through the different range of treatments. As we know, TrueFlex, uh, really useful technology to uh, you know, provide weed control right up to that early flowering stage of the uh, canola and yeah, South Australian growers obviously seeing the benefits of that. So what have been some of the comments and what types of treatments and programs have you got in this canola this year, Tim? 
Yeah, so in regards to the trial here, what we've what we've pulled apart, White, is we're looking at the use of that that fully integrated weed management program where growers, you know, don't just do something if they see something. They actually go out there with a good plan and they go in early with that good robust pre-emergent. And um, actually while we're here, we're right on one of these plots that's got just pre-emergent on it, Whitey. So let's just have a quick look in. Have a look in, yep. Okay. So what we've got in here, Whitey, is the, the plots are clean compared to the untreated. Um, you know, it's very hard on radio to say, hey, have a look at this untreated. But the untreated, we've got, you know, some big gaps where that ryegrass um, and other weeds has been super competitive and they've actually held that crop back. When you come in just right next to it, we get a little bit of just straight propizomide. Um, in there is a pre-emergent only. We can see we've taken probably about 60 to 70% of the pressure out of the paddock with that pre-emergent, yeah. which is what we want. Yeah, so we've certainly, really, certainly really clear there, Tim, when you look at that untreated plot with, you know, there's uh, wild oats is probably the most obvious there, but there's ryegrass there as well. Um, just, yeah, amazing the difference in that crop growth. And, of course... Uh, almighty yield I suppose is what's been affected and straight away you've come to a pre-emergent option and that's what you're saying you've really taken the pressure out of it um, but I anticipate as we go up the plots it should get even better right? Yeah well let's just come and have a look at the next one so we're comparing propizomide and the next plot is just straight overwatch exactly the same performed beautifully Good. probably done slightly better control and you can see that by the just a slight pickup in the growth of the crop just a slight jump there. Yeah, there's a couple of, um, um, yeah, in that sort of previous, just propizomide, there's a couple of weaker areas of the crop. When I look in, not as many yellow flowers, and as soon as we get into this stronger pre-emergent, uh, we're bringing in that nice even crop growth. Yeah, so then we'll just come up into, we're back into, say, just that pre-emergent. And I'm just really going to talk now, Whitey, on doesn't matter whether it's a pre-emergent or, you know, which one it is, but it's now we've gone on there and said, okay, those pre-ems have taken the pressure out of the weeds, but now how do we control those later germinating, that stuff that comes through once the crop is up, and what do we do there? And that's where we've gone in here. And this one here is just purely a nice early spray of a the high rate of Roundup Ready PL, and we've just come in there and we've taken the edge off again. So we've been able to control that first germination of weeds after seeding, the, yeah, um, this one was applied at that two to four leaf when we've got some nice nice rainfall, kicked everything on. We got that germ and it's it's pretty clean. We've got a couple of escapes in there. Yeah, you can see that couple of escapes in there and that's, but you know, they are well shaded, I guess is the point. But when did you say that was applied, sorry? So that one was on at the two to four leaf yep. um, and it just took out that first flush. Yep. So we'll just jump a couple of plots now and talk about some of the other little bit of So Whitey, we've just moved up into some other sites where we've gone in a little bit later. So we didn't put that early one on. We've got a pre-em underneath it. This one's a, a bit of overwatch underneath. And you can see here, what we've had is the overwatch's done a good job. We've got a bit of a flush come through, mm. right? Because we didn't come in at that two, two to four leaf stage. We didn't come anywhere. What's happened is those plants have grown on. We've got a little bit of shielding. And as a result, they've actually kept going. So there's a little bit more pressure in under here. Because when we came through at that six to eight leaf stage, we just didn't take them out because that crop competition was shielding them. Yeah, just so notice a little bit of um, the old wire weed plant in there as well. Yep. Weed. So then we come on here. 
Now this is where we start to look at resistance management programs. So these plots widey for the rest of them here. We've got a, we're looking at the use of an early clethodon within our, within our Roundup Ready PL and then just a Roundup Ready PL stage spray when it's required. So what we saw here was that early use of the clethodon in with your Roundup Ready PL. It's controlled everything that was in there and then the crop competition has gone on to actually stop a lot of that later germ but we did end up putting one a bit later um, at about that sort of 8 to 10 leaf we put another one on and that's then cleaned up everything because there was there was just a very you know there was probably a, you know, a couple of hundred plants in the whole plot and that was it these plots are a full swath um, so it's a 36 meter plot by two meters so we've got plenty of room to pick up some um, weeds really good but, really good scale and a great way looking I think that you've had you mentioned to me the feedback from those that have walked through it they like this style of of trialing as well to really yeah. see it on a, on a reasonable scale well it's it's these these trials we've got here this year we've gone um, pretty simple they're a, a walk and talk plot as we call them yep. they are very simply run through a paddock they match in with a growers width of his sprayer and they, they're just designed to be able to prove a concept and then have to talk about that concept. And um, yeah, it's really easy to pick the differences in the, the treatments as you walk across a, a tightly packed um, treatment area and you can see crop height, vigour differences and more importantly that weed control difference. Yep, uh, really nice to see. So moving on, we come into some essentially later timings in as well or combinations with later timings Tim? Yeah so this is once again now we're up right at the top end of the trial where we've got the uh, there's overwatch under here that's done a great job um, the plot there to your um, to your left whitey we've got a full range this has had three sprays on it 1.15 at uh, three times of the Roundup Ready PL and that's what that's done is we've just kept any weed out of there because that the overwatch did a great job in um, canola then it's gone on we've taken out any flushes afterwards um, so high weed pressure that's a, a key one and even on that first spray of roundup ready peel we threw half a litre of um, clethodon in there as well and that's just pulled everything out so that's that's probably a, the Rolls Royce in high pressure and and it's also that ability to come in at that early flowering stage where with the true flex uh, with true flex but with roundup ready uh, there was that earlier cutoff time so this has really allowed that flexibility and in these high rainfall environments and even mid rainfall that can be really important those later germinators yeah well what we've seen this year in south australia not so much as we did last year but uh, this year we also saw some pretty staggered germination because a lot went in dry and then got uh, wet up um, that staggered germination meant that we got you know, people questioning when do we go in and do our first spray mm. and quite often I'd get a phone call saying oh look the crops here at about that sort of uh, six to cotyledon stage yep. can I do a spray and you go yes you go so they put that one on by the time they then get another germination those later or those earlier germinating um, plants are now above that sort of six leaf stage so if it's a roundup ready uh, roundup ready crop they can't come in with anything but the true flex, yes, they've still got that window open. Yeah, we see the same in Western Australia, big areas. If you get those variable starts or dry patch, that range of germination 
uh, pattern, Tim, exactly what you're saying, and the TrueFlex really allows that to be covered at least by that second spray and where everything comes up nice and uniform. Uh, that third one in some scenarios can be really, really useful to really get on top of these weeds and make sure we, we you know, combine with weed competition and all the other uh, tactics that you do in your rotation really keep driving the seed bank down of these weeds. Yeah, and the, the other question I've really had a lot this year is that on that timing, that late spray, is what do you call first flower? And it really is when 10% of your plants have the first flower open on the main on the main stem once you call that um, that's where you sort of go in and, and do your spray and what we've seen final. yeah that's your final spray and it's pretty well right there and yeah you've got good competition after that and very little will emerge after that yeah really important and there are great resources on our webpage crop.bayer.com.au if you look up TrueFlex, you'll be able to get those guides as to what that first flower is but of course our agronomists uh, would be able to find that information or should they that off the top of their head tim you know it's um oh look we've uh, i've been very impressed with the the messaging that we've done the last couple of years how well it's been picked up and i think you know looking at the long-term viability of uh true flex canola in south australia i think we're doing all we can to make sure that it is a viable um rotational pattern that you can bring into your crops and um whilst i was concerned of this metabolic resistance to both cletho and um glyphosate i think now we've got these programs in place and this structure around the rotation and the mixing of chemistries and modes of action that i think we're going to actually end up with a long long-term sustainable um use crop in in south australia yeah fantastic to see more diversity in the cropping program is what it's all about and uh yeah tim thanks very much for running us through this one no that's uh good whitey i just uh, wish everyone could see the beautiful gold in front of us yeah no it's magic looks beautiful uh down in here around Tarley. uh yeah with those rolling hills of a few cereal crops breaking up that yellow looks uh, extremely nice and huge trees there remnant trees as well and the busy main north road uh, running alongside us as well up and down but yeah it's uh looking looking a real picture so i hope you enjoyed listening to that little walk through uh tim murphy's trial there in the mid north of south australia it's uh, been really interesting to get over there and have a look at that and just how south australian growers are responding uh, to, and you know rapidly taking up this technology to help them with their weed control challenges that they're having uh, through the area but yeah that's uh, probably all on the biological and product side of the moment and uh, those that know Matt only so well uh, too well from the crop cast he always comes up with a nice little interesting fact so Matt hit us with your story the, the pressure is always on with the fun facts because I had that emu war one a, a, a <laughs> couple a of years back one. and that was that was uh, you can't top that that was very exciting all right let's I've try I've got something a, a, a quite a bit more interesting as opposed to, to bamboozling or anything like that but the wine Australia just released their 2022 report oh, yeah. on, on what, what, what the Australian wine industry has been up to um, throughout the year. So I've got a few little questions here for you, Whitey. See how good, I, know, I know you enjoy a glass of red, so yep, yep. we'll see how we go. That. So, so total, the total vineyard area in Australia last year was 146,244 hectares across 65 regions. So quite Gee. a large area. There's a wow. lot, of, lot, of, lot of grapes out there. But uh, which state do you think has the most of that area what, 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 as a percentage? Well, South Australians are fantastic with um, 
wine, I reckon, still the best. I grew up there, and you know, we had great vines, so I've got to say that. But I reckon it's probably not going to be there, Matt. Huh? So you're going to have to hit me with it. I reckon you're going to surprise you, you've me. You've done well, Matt. I knew I, I threw this one in here because I knew you're a proud South Australian, yeah. And it's, it's 52% of oh, the it still is. is South Australia, with New South Wales second at 24, wow. Victoria yep. with 15, and WL with only seven. Oh, wow. I, I thought we had more than that, but we had seven percent the total vineyard area in WA. Um, so the total grape crush in 2022 was 1.73 million tonnes of grapes. Now, which variety do you think would have the highest percentage of that of that total? Uh, a red or white? Can you give me well, a clue? One of, one of them. Is <laughs> whether you're a Cardinet, sorry, Chardonnay, it, it's, or, uh, or a Shiraz. You've actually picked the top two. Which one's, one's going to be number one? Mm, gee... Depends if I was sort of around Sydney, Kath and Kim sort of style, mm. I'd say Cardinet, Chardonnay. Mm. But I reckon it's probably Shiraz. It Shiraz with 25%, Chardonnay with 21%, Cabernet Sauvignon 14%, wow. Merlot 6 and Sauvignon Blanc 5 I thought that would Gee. be a bit high, only 5% Sauvignon yeah. Blanc. But yeah, Waterfall. Shiraz and Chardonnay are the top two. Now, we exported 6.25 million litres of wine last year. That's a total of $2.1 billion worth. Gee. Which, which countries do you reckon were their biggest um, uh, trade partners for, for said wine? I reckon the UK. Yeah, close. And they're second place with 20%. Number one was the USA with 21%. Really? Two. And then wow. behind them was Canada, Singapore and Hong Kong, each with 8% as well. But yeah, there's, there's, I reckon there's 2,156 2, wineries Gee. across the country, employing 163,790 people, yep. which contributes $45 billion to the Australian economy annually. So that's, that's not insignificant at so, all. That is amazing. Right? So there's some very interesting facts there about the Australian wine industry, and they, they do a lot for our, our, our great yep. country, and uh, I'll certainly appreciate the next uh, glass of Shiraz from South Australia that I yep. have. Very good, yeah. Now, just on that point, I've got to pick you up there. Um, some people, this might cause, you know, we might melt down the switchboard here. Mm. Just joking. But um, when I grew up, it was always known as Shiraz for that one. And mm. then it became known as Shiraz. Okay. And I always remember thinking, gee, have I misheard it all my life growing up with Shiraz um, vines within the, um, you know, within our vineyards when I was growing up. And if you go to the National Wine Centre mm-hmm. in Adelaide, mm-hmm. on uh, North Terrace there, over I think it's Decatable Terrace corner, pretty cool spot to go and have a look at, then um, if anyone's been in there, they actually have some of the old grapevines there mm-hmm. actually, and um, they have a sort of wall with all different varieties and things, and I'd urge anyone to go there and have a look and work out whether it's Shiraz or Shiraz when you actually see the proper spelling of it. Surely it's Shiraz, surely. <laughs> okay, I'll leave that to you. What do people think? Get in touch with us at, uh, at our Twitter handle, Matt. You know about your Twitter handle? It's at Matt Willis Ag. At Matt Willis Ag. And mine is at Photo by CW. At Photo by CW. You can get in touch with us there and tell me if I'm dreaming or whether Matt was right. It doesn't really matter, does it? We know what we're talking about, but it has always been an interesting point. I reckon Shiraz or Shiraz. Um, just in terms of apps, Matt just asked me what apps I've been using. I tried one actually sort of... Um, about sort of using your iPhone to pick up and make 3D images of objects. Mm. Like, um, God, there's one called Scanniverse, which seems to work not too bad, but still getting my head around a little bit, and I want to explore that mm. a bit more this year when we're in field to actually yeah. potentially walk around trial plots and get photos that you can actually walk around 
and, and turn. So yeah, yeah, you can report back in the next crop cast. I will yeah. try. I yeah. will try. Yeah. Definitely. So yeah, really interesting. Um, that'll do it for today's crop cast. I think Matt, mm. the first one for this year at episode 19, and we'll continue on as we go forward with yourself and uh, our learned colleagues from right around Australia. Yeah, right. market development. Looking forward to it, Wani. It was a pleasure being here. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for coming on. Catch you later. Bye bye. Thanks for joining us on Bayer Cropcast. To get more information about anything you heard on today's episode, phone 1-800-804-479 to get in touch with us or visit the web at crop.bayer.com.au. Thanks for listening.